Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Namaste, mods and mamas. Today, we are pressing the reset button on your parents' parenting style, and we're saying hello to mindful parenting. Now, if I can guess, we've all had that moment when we stop dead in our tracks and are completely horrified. OMG, did that really just come out of my mouth? I sounded just like my mom. Or I'm doing exactly what my dad used to do that I really hated. Maybe it's the lecturing or the berating or the interrupting or threatening when you do something wrong. You know, we've all had these moments and I think these are red flags that, you know what, this is not our fault. This is kind of encoded in our DNA. When we are backed into a corner and don't have other tools, we default to the ways that we were treated when we were a child. I think they just like live in our DNA. They're like encoded and dormant in our mind, in our subconscious. So today we're talking about mindful parenting. Now this is a rather new philosophy. This was not back when our parents were parents and You know, we are the first generation of trailblazers uh, building this type of ideology and bringing these philosophies into parenting. And when I talk to my clients or different moms on Instagram, they could they they message and they're like, you know, I knew that I wanted to do something different than my parents, but I just didn't know what it was called. Thank you. It's called mindful parenting. It kind of gives you a name and a label to what it is that we're trying to do. Now, I don't think there is one right way to raise children, and I'm not saying that this is the end all be all. I think there's a hybrid. You take what resonates you and create your own parenting philosophy because here is the truth. You are the greatest guide and soul to raise your child. That is why they came to you. It is not just because of your strength. It's also because of the weaknesses and the lessons that you need to learn. So not only are you a spiritual teacher to your children, your children are your spiritual teacher. They're going to trigger the same wounds and the same feelings and the same insecurities that you had as a child, maybe that your parents made you feel, or maybe that these limiting beliefs that we've gathered through our life in order for you to break through to them, break through them. So don't expect parenting to be easy for anyone. We all face our own unique challenges because the soul contracts that we have with our children are unique. And that's why each relationship with each one of our children is different because they're each brought into our life to teach us something new. And so what I want to share today is the different mindset shifts in order to embody mindful parenting. And to me, as a mindful parenting coach, what are the three different things that we need to embody and cultivate and practice on a daily basis in order to be a mindful parent? Now, I think the guru that started 
and open this conversation of this new parenting paradigm was Dr. Shafali Sabari when she wrote The Conscious Parent. Now, if you did not read that book, I definitely, definitely recommend it. I don't read a lot of parenting books, but whenever I'm guided to one, um, this was my first parenting book that I read, and I think it is groundbreaking. And so she really lays forth this new idea of bringing presence into parenting, why your child is their own unique throbbing spirit. They're not meant to be raised to be a mini me, you know, all these great philosophies and ideas. And what I did find that after I read that book, it's like, okay, well now what? How do we actually practice this in day-to-day tough moments when we're raising our children? Now, having a four-year-old now who's very articulate, as you've already heard in the Mommy Ayu Time and Talks, like he is hard to parent because he thinks that he's a full-on grown-up. He is very wise, but he forgets that he is still in this lifetime only four, but he does have a very old soul as do many of our children because as in the decade of me teaching mindfulness and meditation and yoga in classrooms, I've had one-on-one contact with children between the ages of three and eight and they have a different consciousness and they have a different light and energy to them than we did when we were younger and definitely more than our parents did. So never negate the fact that your children aren't inferior or you're the know-it-all because you've been, you're older and you've had more time and more experience on this planet in this lifetime maybe, but many of them are wise old souls and they bring a wisdom and gifts that far surpass ours in the sense that they're going to help us learn and retune to some of that wisdom that maybe we lost as children. So I really want to explain, you know, me being a mindful parenting coach, does that mean that I'm an expert at parenting? Heck to the no. If you follow me on Instagram at Thajal V. Patel or you've been part of my Mods and Mama tribe over the last five years, you know that I have no shame in my game and I absolutely share all my mess ups because I truly believe the crux of mindful parenting is honoring that you will make mistakes. Mistakes is a part of the journey. We are not perfect. We are not meant to be perfect and we are growing and evolving into this role as parents, right? We're not this end-all be-all. We have to be this superior, like on this pedestal. We are stepping into this journey and this role ourselves and we don't need to have all the answers and we have to have these tools of meditation that when we feel lost, that we are surrendering and trusting okay allow this wisdom to download and let me be guided what my next step is so it is this trusting process that we are not going to have all the answers at this moment and when we are stuck we are going to be guided to the book or the person or the podcast or the wisdom is just going to come through to us at the right time And so for me, I really do coin myself as a self-proclaimed child mindfulness whisperer because I do have this ability, especially young children between those ages of three and eight, I really can connect to them. And so my understanding of what our children need in the sense of mindfulness and meditation and emotional intelligence and how to be more compassionate and kind to themselves and building empathy is all from my work with teaching children. And then when I became a mom myself, I realized 
parenting is not just child focused of changing their behavior, teaching them, guiding them. It's also about molding yourself into being the human being and the example that you want to be. So I truly believe that mindful parenting really takes a mama centric or a parent centric approach. You have to be able to embody what you want to teach. And it's as simple as that because I've seen this in action. When you are a parent who's been engaged and you want to better yourself and you want to find solutions when things are not working, whether it's like power struggles with your kids or you're feeling anxious and nervous or you're, and you're noticing that your child is manifesting that, how do I help myself? What tools help myself so that you can better then guide your child? What tools will help them? And I've worked with so many different parents and there's no right or wrong. I think everyone is on their own journey, but the parents that, you know, the kids that I taught in class and the parents that who were equally engaged and interested and wanted to learn their own practice, I noticed that those kids were getting the reinforcement at home and they were thriving at a different level. And so we can't with mindful parenting, even though these might be skills that I feel like majority of us have not learned this as children, that is okay. That was meant to be part of the journey. You know, I definitely didn't learn these skills when I was younger. For a long time, I felt like a victim. I was like, you know, why didn't I learn this at a young age? I would have saved so much drama and anxiety and making some poor choices, but this is how it was meant to be. You know, we learn through contrast. So if you have had a tough relationship with any of your parents, or you may continue to have a tough relationship with any of your parents, and you experience residual like abandonment issues or rejection, or, you know, you have this insensitive need to seek their approval, you know, all of this is stemming and building that we needed to have that contrast to light a fire under our butt to realize that there needs to be a better way to parent, that it didn't work. There were things that they did right, but there were things that they didn't do right. And I think a lot of that stems with the emotional intelligence issue of being able to express emotions authentically and constructively. I think as a whole, because we are human beings here to learn through relationships and communication and you know growth in our truth and speaking our vulnerability i don't think any one of us any generation has mastered this and so the fact that we are putting so much emphasis on emotional intelligence and learning how to manage feelings this is a partnership between us and our children that needs to be in the forefront we are not going to have all of this down packed, we are going to make mistakes. We need to be able to honor that and to be able to be real, not to be this perfect parent and just let that go. And I think mindful parenting is really about building self-awareness about what emotions and behaviors of our child trigger us, but also where does that stem from? What is the underlying childhood wound or belief that is being triggered and how do we heal it? And basically changing and our DNA in an essence of not allowing these generational patterns to pass on. So to me, I believe there are four big mindset shifts from traditional parenting or our parents' parenting style to mindful parenting that we need to make in order to embody this new way of parenting. And the first mindset shift is genuine apologies is the antidote to mommy guilt. 
Mommy guilt is so darn prevalent and it stems from feeling not good enough. And what we really need to step away is that we are not this superior know-it-all. And I think from my experience, maybe you had something like this where you had this parent that you idolized and you thought they could do no wrong. And over a period of time, you realize and it's this big letdown. You're like, oh my God, they're human and they make mistakes. Why don't they just like own up to it rather than creating this facade that they're this perfect, you know, and perfect person and they don't make mistakes. And I can almost bet that that parent never apologized or showed vulnerability or was able to just be real and to be like, hey, I messed up or I'm sorry that what I said hurt you. And this to me was my dad. Like I idolized my parents. And then, you know, I was like, at some point I'm like, oh, you make mistakes. And there, if you're someone who's like still wishing for an apology from your parent of something that happened in the past, here's the thing. The, what we seek from anyone else is the validation and the support that we need to be giving ourselves. And so openly apologize, openly support yourself for the things that you wish other people would support you for. And that is the true crux of releasing mommy guilt. And begin this practice even at a young age when your kids may not even understand what you're saying because we need that we needed that contrast from our parents to recognize that when we don't apologize we set our children up for this experience of being a perfectionist or believing that they need to look a certain way and be a certain way in order to be accepted and teaching kids how to forgive truly forgive and not like hold it over someone and have grudges and not trust them you know, that's not true forgiveness. Showing how to fully forgive, showing how to give a genuine apology, showing when to give a genuine apology is really important. We are a family. We love each other and we don't want to hurt each other's feelings. But anytime if I feel triggered and my anger comes out, I will apologize because mommy makes mistakes too. Mommy is learning and I'm so sorry if anything that I did hurt your feelings. And just checking in and with your kids like, have has I said anything recently that you didn't like or um, that hurt your feelings? You know, be honest so that you show that you're trying to grow and I think it really helps eliminate mommy guilt because I don't really ever get stuck in that I'm not good enough. When I make a mistake, I know that there's something that I need to learn from this. What is my game plan for next time? And having a game plan and being committed to finding solutions helps wipe away mommy guilt because you can't get stuck in that low vibe energy when you're constantly trying to do better. Your energy is working in a different way. And when you apologize and you're genuinely looking to do better, it's this movement of projecting you forward, not keeping you stuck. The second mindset shift is, you know, I heard this quote somewhere. And if you know who the author of this quote is, please let me know. Um, but it is, it goes something like it. I'm going to paraphrase it, but it goes that, if generational pain can get passed on, so can generational healing. And I think this is the recognition that all mindful parents have, that we want to break the cycle of what didn't work and become a better parent. 
And sometimes that gets under our parents' skin. Like, oh, you came out fine. I treated you like this, or it's not that big of a deal. But we're working through a lot of stuff. You know, we want to raise children who don't have to spend the latter half of their life in therapy, trying to work through like the first 20 years of their life, right? We want to give them the stepping stones with the tools of how to build resilience, what to do when you feel when you feel overwhelmed, what to do when you feel angry, giving them these tools. So it's so important that we're modeling this because kids have a great inner BS meter. If you're trying to teach them mindfulness and you're doing the same exact opposite thing when they're angry and when they're frustrated, they're going to call you out on it. My son totally calls me out on it. And I feel annoyed in the moment, but I'm like, you know what? He is right. A lot of times when he's repeating certain things back to me that I don't like, I'm like, have I said this? Is this what he's interpreting from what I'm saying? So really look at it as a way of looking within of what you're saying, how you're saying it. The third mindset shift, and you probably have heard me say this a lot because it's one of my faves, is be the guide from the side, not the sage from the stage. And I think I got this from um, the book, The Whole Brain Child by Daniel Spiegel. He's, I mean, that's another amazing book if you want to understand how a child's mind works and really what helped me build like empathy for um, an understanding of how the mind works when they're managing emotions. Really good book. But this is really this idea that we need to give up this type A control freak, control freak, Helicopter parenting, I'm superior, older, and wiser. That's why you listen to me. You do as I say, not as I do. That is not going to work with our kids. And anytime that it's like that energy even comes out from me, I'm, I'm faced with the resistance from my child, as probably many of you. And I think that is because of the higher consciousness of the children and the souls that are being born through us now. We need to teach our children that you have an inner guidance system within you. We want to teach them to trust that voice and not depend on us for their choices. They are in control of their life. And I don't teach Ayan, or I'll never say to Ayan, you can be anything that you want to be. Because giving too many options or believing like there's so many options and you're going to pick the wrong thing is so overwhelming. I've seen that um, with kids that are like millennials and they're like, I just don't know what to do because they're just so overwhelmed. They've been told that they can do anything and they're like, well, I don't want to make the wrong choice. This is what I tell Ayan. You have a purpose, you have a gift, and you have a mission that you were born to do. My job as a parent is to help you find your gifts as an outsider to guide and see, oh, I see that you excel in this. I see that you find joy in this. I see you find happiness in this. I truly believe all children have the answers to their problems inside them, and we need to teach them how to tap into that inner guidance by trusting them, by giving them the confidence to take on more tasks. At any given time, I'm always teaching Ayan, at, by the age of three I started this, to learn new tasks to help him feel independent, whether it's tasks to contribute towards like cleaning the dishes or putting his um, toys away or cleaning the table or putting on his clothes or putting on shoes. I'm always picking one or two skills to teaching him to be independent and trusting that you can do it. And that's where it starts with these tasks. And then it'll get bigger as they grow, grow up and dealing with conflicts with friends or, you know, managing study schedules or, you know, all these different skills. It's like trusting them that you can handle this. And when 
you feel stuck, I'm here for you to be your sounding board, but I will never tell you what to do. My And I truly believe rather than getting into the mindset of, oh my God, is my kid going to get into get good grades and get into school? I truly already believe that all our children are born with a specific mission. And you know, it's easy for like our parents would be like, oh, you need to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer because it's, it's tangible to them. I don't think your children should be what your greatest dreams for them is. I think they should go, your dream for your children should be, they become somebody beyond your wildest dream that you can't fathom it. You know, I went on the path of being an attorney because that was the, the traditional respected like way. But look at what I'm doing now. I'm on the verge of being an author. I am a podcast host. I am a mindfulness expert. I go into classrooms. I teach at universities. I, you know, I help children learn skills of meditation and mindfulness. Do you think my parents, when I was like seven or eight years old, were like, you know, one day I hope Dejo becomes this meditation and mindfulness teacher and a yoga teacher and, you know, she does that. No, there was no way for them to think that I was going to do this. So don't think that your child is going to be just like something limited. They should be far beyond what your wildest dreams is and allow them to follow their own path. Be the guide from the side. Mindset shift number four is R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Yes. Do you remember Ashley Banks and Fresh Pins when she was trying to prove to her parents and Will that she wasn't a child and that she deserves respect? Well, Mindful parenting is all about dishing respect. It doesn't matter that you're a parent and you do all these things and you take care of your kids. Respect is earned. I don't care what age you are. One of the greatest things that I always hate, and in our culture, it's, you know, you revere old people or people who are elderly and you respect them. And I've seen some elderly people do some say and do some really shady, crappy stuff. And I was like, you don't get a hall pass just because you're 80 years old and you're just stuck in your ways to treat people poorly. I don't think that just because of your age and how many years you've been on this planet, you can just get away with saying whatever you want to say. You can be overly blunt and negative and critical. Mm -mm, You don't get a free pass from me. I think that no matter what age you are, you have to earn respect. And I remember as being a teen saying this to my mom because my mom would be like, oh, you need to respect me because I'm your mother. And I remember saying this in a hot rage and I know that this is gonna sound bad, but it's so true. And I told her, I was like, just because you're a mom, anybody could be a mom. Any girl can get pregnant. That is to make you a good mom. If you want respect, you need to earn it. And that's so true. Like I really have to check myself Like I have to speak respectfully. I have to respect my child's feelings. I need to respect that they're a unique soul and a spirit. And if I want to receive respect, I need to act respectfully. And so, you know, a lot of times like we might have been raised with shame and spanking and threatening and shouting and, you know, saying hurtful things. You know, this is all about speaking your truth with respect, sharing your feelings respectful and finding solutions that respect each other's boundaries. So now I want to go through the main practice points of what it truly means to be a mindful parent and what parent, what we need to embody. And the first is pretty obvious. It's presence, right? When we think of mindfulness, we think of presence. And this is what a lot of us are like, oh, I'm worried that I'm not being present enough with my kids. And as a mindful parenting coach, 
I really want you to wipe out everything that you've heard about mindfulness because even though this is a buzzword, I think there's so much noise and so much incorrect information out there. I think we, in the name of intelligence, make simple concepts more complicated. And we've made mindfulness so much more complicated that it actually creates anxiety in people. I don't think I'm not being present enough. How do I know I'm being present enough? Present enough. And then when we are in this happy moment, we're like jading it and we are waiting for the other shoe to drop and be like, oh, this moment is going to pass. So we're not even fully present because we're waiting for it to pass. It is just like our mind has gone haywire. And so I really want you to strip away everything and I'm going to share how I embody mindful presence in my life. And it's simple like this. Ask yourself, in this moment, are you here? In physical body, your soul, your mind may or may not, but if you're listening to this and you're focused, your mind is here too. You're tuned into my voice. You're here. There's nowhere else that you can be than here, okay? Like just bear with me. And in this next moment, you're here. And then when you stop listening to this podcast, you're going to be somewhere else and you're going to be there. In any given moment, the only place you can be is here. So we're fighting and having this resistance with life when we are like, am I here? Am I not here? Am I here? Am I not here? You are here, plain and simple. Stop trying to make it like being the argument, did the the chicken come first or did the egg come first? Like that's what we're doing. You are here, plain and simple. And what I like to do to acknowledge that is I blink my eyes a few times, focus on something that's in my presence, that doesn't trigger any emotions and then just gaze at it for a couple seconds and you'll find that you'll automatically tune into the moment. Everything gets a little bit more clearer. You're more grounded and you're here. And I just repeat to myself, I am here and that's it. So when it's a moment that is like pleasant, like if you're at your child's birthday party, I just blink a few times and just like be here. I'm like, I'm here and that's it. I don't worry if I'm here enough or I'm not here enough. And when I blink my eyes, I like to think of it. It's like the focusing of a camera and I'm taking a soul capture. It's like, okay, I'm here. And like my subconscious is capturing this in my soul memory and it's there and that's it. Don't make it complicated. Now, a lot of times we're like, well, it's my mind. Yes, our mind is this machinery that is berserk. And, you know, a lot of what I teach about like the yogic and Ayurvedic practices is learning how to train our mind. But why do we want mindful presence is because we want to know what our state of consciousness is at this moment. Am I in an intuitive or receptive state? Am I in that state where I'm connected to divine wisdom? And when we meditate and we live through Ayurvedic principles, we have more pockets of this moment. Then the second is, am I in a reactive state? Tuning into your body and feeling if there's any sort of agitation. And that signifies that we need to be practicing some of our tools because if something unexpected happens that doesn't go in my way, I'm more likely to react in an unopportune way, in a way that it's going to be harsh and that I don't want to respond to. So being very, very crystal clear 
of what that state of consciousness feels and looks like in your body. And the third is a responsive state. So you're able to be connected to your truth. However, say if your child has a tantrum, you might not necessarily lose it. However, you don't necessarily have the right tools to respond. Like you're you're present, you're calm, um, you're able to respond, but you're not fully connected in your higher guidance and power. And so it's really important to know what level of presence you are in at any given moment so that you know which tools that you need to do, whether you're in a receptive state to just be in the flow. If you're in a reactive state, you really need to check out, get some space and do some tools. And if you're in a responsive state, really recognize that you are in control of your actions, but you should probably do some tools or later on to get you in more of a receptive state. The second idea that we need to embody as mindful parents is patience. Now this is my hardest is because how do we express ourselves in ways that when we're triggered, hurt, or angry that are respectful? And for me, I've learned that empathy is the cornerstone of cultivating patience. For a long time, right? Like we've heard like when your child is having a tough feeling, you're supposed to say in a neutral way, oh, I see that you're feeling angry. And I would try to do that and it sounded like a robot. Like there was no feeling behind it. I think it triggered Ayan even more because there was no empathy really behind it. And so the exercise that I did and that I really recommend you doing, if you struggle with patience or holding space when other people are having tough emotions or you find that you completely lose it is recognizing and writing out all the feelings, whether it's feelings of disappointment, jealousy, anger, um, when something gets lost or when somebody has what you want or, um, you know, any feelings that your child has that's chronically coming up that irritate you or trigger you, write them all down and then write a specific example in your life currently or recently that has happened where you, it is elicited that same feeling. A lot of times that we don't, we aren't able to connect in empathy is because we don't relate. Like, okay, you are upset that you lost a she shell. It's not that big a deal. Like, why are you losing your cool over it? So we try to minimize it or we just don't empathize with it. But maybe you remember the time where you lost your ear pods and how it totally pissed you off and how that felt. Really feel it in your body so that when you are with your child and you recognize they're feeling feelings of frustration when things don't go their way or they're experiencing something that's challenging when they're trying to learn something new, you're able to tap into that same emotion and maybe you'll share a story about how that felt with you or really when you say oh my gosh I see that you're feeling so disappointed you're able to give a hug or you're able to make some physical contact and it's not so much that you need to have all the answers for them you can just hold space for them to ride through their feeling and help them find a solution to their problem so the third is peacefulness now peacefulness is not just about being calm and zen and not letting things bother you to feel true essence of peace, it's the, it's making the choice of not resisting to what's happening in life. And how do we resist what's happening to life? It's through our emotions. You know, happiness is simply our ability that to be in this moment and when what we want is exactly what's showing up in this moment, we feel happy. And when we aren't getting what we want or our expectations are not fulfilled, that's when lack of peace of mind 
infiltrate. So when we're able to recognize our feelings, this is peace begins with emotional intelligence, learning to honor your feelings, learning to um, allow them, learning to not resist life. All right, what is showing up can't be other than what is happening in this moment. It can't change it. So how am I going to handle it? What feelings do I need to move through? How is it making me feel? And when you're angry, just owning it. For me, this was really tough because I grew up with a lot of anger and shouting and yelling in my household. So I really thought that you shout to get what you want, to manipulate people. And that was the only way I knew to express myself when I felt hurt or upset. So for a long time when I was on a spiritual path, I thought that showing anger was bad. So I hid everything. So even when it boiled up, I said, oh, that's not spiritual. So then I would just push it down. But inevitably, there will be a period of time when I felt like the anger was just so much, that it was too much to bear, that it would just over overflow and be directed at someone that it wasn't supposed to be directed at. So like even just recognizing that anger is okay and just finding channels that help you um, you know help you move that energy out and so for me I look at anger as like labor surges so there are during labor you have some intense intense like moments where like the 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 labor surge is like for 90 seconds and sometimes it's not that tough and like when I feel that intensity of heat I try to breathe through it in through my nose out through my mouth just like a labor surge and then I'll breathe in through my mouth exhale through my nose when I feel more calm and more in control but it's like regulating my breath and recognizing this is a labor surge and just I gotta breathe through it and Science has proven that if you sit with an emotion for 90 seconds without letting your mind travel and get into that rigmarole of the stories, you'll be able to move through it. And so for me, vulnerability has become really a cornerstone of being able to share my sadness and finding joy in the challenging moments, the mindset of always looking for a solution and knowing that you know, with sadness or anger or hurt, there could be joy mixed in with it. And I learned this actually from the movie Inside Out. I actually love that movie, even for adults. But you know that that, that part where the little girl is sharing with her parents that she's sad that she misses her friends, that they moved. And then when she felt heard and supported and loved, when she was hugging her parents at the end of the movie, you see a sigh of relief. And I feel like when we share our truth, when we share our struggles and we're authentic, there is this level of peace that just flows through us when we feel like we are not alone. And I think we see that a lot on Instagram now, like empowered women empowering others and moms sharing their challenging stories, whether it's IVF or you know business challenges or mother-in-law issues or whatever it may be. And when you feel like you're not alone, you're like, oh, like that feeling is so, so good. It's like a sip of like a great white wine. <laughs> so that is the essence of what I truly believe brings peace in our life. So there you have it, guys. These are the main mindset shifts and the ideas that we need to cultivate to involve 
to embody mindful parenting. If you're ready to take the next step and start building these tools into your life to help you build more presence, more patience, and more peace, there are different ways that I can help support you. One is if you're a complete newbie, make sure you check out my seven-day stress detox course. You can grab that for free, actually, if you take a if you leave a review on apple Podcasts, screenshot it email it to me i will send it to you for free and if you're an android user you're more than welcome to go on stitcher and leave a review there otherwise there's another course that i also offer that is like really will give you everything that you need to build these practices into your life and that is the mindful mama experience course i will link that in the show notes but you can go to my website go to work with me and that course is completely designed to help embody mindfulness in your life it helps you bring presence patience peace rejuvenation and balance so there you have it guys i hope this serves you well the most important conversation happens after the podcast over in my facebook group go to modsandmamatribe.com and we will discuss this podcast if you have any follow-up questions and you will get behind the scenes scoops on new episodes coming out and also you can connect with me personally without having to schedule a session if you have any ideas for topics for future um, podcast episodes or you just need some support on some of the topics that we talk about here Thank you so much again, guys. Check you on the next episode of Time in Talks.